Hey everybody, it's Posty, and I've got another Super Deluxe for you tonight. And tonight we're going way back into the archives, to what I think is the first show I ever helped Scooter with the editing of. Um, but first, if you're new to these, my name is Posty Posterson. Usually, I do help Scooter behind the scenes uh, to help do some editing on the show. But once in a while, I'll take a show that we've already aired, I'll add some subtle music, some sound design to it, and Scoots will release that as a super deluxe show to his patrons as a way to say thanks for your support. These are a little different than the usual show. They work for some people, not for others. Um, but it's just a little bonus extra thing. We hope you enjoy. We hope it helps you get some sleep. Okay, let's hop into another Super Deluxe Special Edition. So as I said, for tonight's Super Deluxe... Um, this isn't the first ever episode of Sleep With Me, but I think it was the first ever episode that I was part of editing. Scoots is going to tell you about an old job he had protecting stone fruit. I, th- I don't know what the episode number is exactly. It's pretty early on though. I think it was 2015 this is from. Um, I've kept my music really subtle in the background. I've kept the entire episode intro and thank yous as well because I thought it was kind of cool to hear how Scoots has sort of changed the format of the show as the years have gone by. So that's what you'll be hearing. Let's pretend I found an old cassette tape from the archives of a really old Sleep With Me podcast episode. I added some gentle music in the background. And hopefully, that can help you get some sleep. Thanks again for your ongoing support, everybody. And good night. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the snow's been falling. The rain's been falling, but your eyelids are heavy and they're about to start falling as the dolls start drawling, because it's time for Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, uh, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do it the bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed. Turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what I'm going to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's been keeping you up, whether it's your body, your mind, or your feelings, uh, whether you're thinking or hurting, or you're even excited. I'm going to try to distract you from that. And I'm going to send my voice here across the deep, dark night. And I'm just going to tell you a little silly story 
uh, this one will be grounded in reality about an old job I once had. And, uh, you know, first I'm going to do a long-winded, some would say, I would say long, winded, I guess, uh, long, I don't know what the long tail is in the suit. So then I'm now, okay, well, that's what the uh, introduction is going to be an attempt, uh, one, for me to understand the long tail. I think it was Chris Anderson that co- coined to that term. And then I'm going to try to make that into a metaphor about the podcast. But I'll give you the the TLDL, too long, don't listen version right now. And that's kind of it. That would be, I guess I could have called it the TLDL podcast. Uh, It's too long. TLDL, too long, don't really listen, but kind of listen. So you're distracted, so you get put to sleep. Uh, But I don't know what the... I don't know if that's like an ampersand. No, that what's not an ampersand. It's where those letters, uh, you know, where it says, okay, that spells out a word. And it's like, so no, not, not any word I know about. Uh, but that's what the podcast says. I try to take your mind off. So I try to distract you uh, using silly stories, a little bit of something familiar, similar to humor. Uh, we're, and, and again, these are perfectly acceptable. Where you say, "Well, I'm not sure if I'm laughing with Scooter or at him." More chuckling, because uh, he's saying something inco. He's trying to be coherent, but it's a bit incoherent. And that's an acceptable. And anywhere else, you know, you'd probably be shamed for that. At this fact, guess it's an acceptable dynamic. And it's acceptable to fall asleep in the middle of the sentence. It's acceptable to say. I can feel him. He's trying to go for a point. Is he going to talk about the long tail? Because that could be uh, uninteresting. Interesting to see him. He can't even. He can't even get through this. Trying to link interesting and uninteresting. Uh, so you can tune me out. You can chuckle. And this is a common refrain heard in the, the Sleep With Me podcast households. Honey, what was Scooter talking about last night? We, I heard you. Uh, I don't know, it was like a sleepy guffaw, more like a guffaw, you know, a softer, you know, without any of the German, you know, more, more like a guffaw, like a French guffaw. How do the French say guffaw, dear? And I don't, I don't know, I, I think Scooter was talking, he may have been talking in French about lemonade. And I'm, I'm pretty sure he was talking about some sort of French lemonade he was going to invent. And he was going to serve it at the uh, Secret History of the Doily book launch. Uh, or he was talking about the Mad Hatter, but it, it could have been either one. I don't know. Uh, but man, yeah, they, I, I, I don't know. Maybe he was... That could have been a dream, too. You know, I think I had a dream that Scooter was eating lemons, and he said, Scooter? And then I fell asleep, even when I see... And I said, oh, that's Scooter. So that's a common... You know, anywhere else in the world, you'd say, "I'm sorry, what? What was that? What was that last four sentences you said, ma'am?" Uh, you know, I'm going to need to bring someone in from the board. You know, so I have a fourth party observer here again. Okay, who's this scooter with the frame? Uh, or you know, you might pay. They say, "Okay, let's talk about the symbolism." And the, the man was eating lemons. And you say, "No, no, that he's not in my subconscious. That's scooter. He's on the borders of." You don't understand, Doctor. Well, I'm not a doctor, ma'am. I'm Scooter, still making a metaphor with, with you know, out on, the, on the, out on the borders of consciousness and sensibility. There's, there's a border town. It's called. It's not called Slumber Town because that's like you know we're, we're on the borders of that too. 
we're, we're, we're in between, believe it or not, this podcast exists on like, the border of the border towns, uh, a Venn, this beautiful Venn diagram, like one of the nicer ones where there's lots of circles instead of two or three. And that's really, I guess we're going to have to discard the long tail because you want to talk about something that keeps people up at night. It's the, uh, the subtext of Venn diagrams that's also coming out. Gingerbread Press Books 2017. As long as the secret history of the doily launch goes good. Uh, I don't have, that's, that's just a working title. Uh, sub the subtext of Venn diagrams, but you know I'll definitely work on something flashier once they see, you know, if I can sell any of these secrets, history of the doily. You know, when people find out there, they say, they say, well, there's no secrets or history in this book, and it's a yes, but it comes with some lovely doilies, and also you know, make your own. Do- it's well, I stole it from a Papelpicado book. Or repurposed it, as we say here in the uh, creative, whatever they call it. What do, you, what do we call it when we're creative marketing? I don't know. Yes, it was Babel Picado. Now it's a doily making kit. And I just crossed that out. I say, you know, uh, doily make. It's a big doily. It kind of a close up of a doily. So I say, hey, yeah, step across the room. And they say, well, it's not... They say, well, you cut it into a circle when you're done. That's part of the extra. See where I wrote that in step 14A? Uh, But as I said, this podcast exists out there in the border. Well, in between, they that was the only thing the border towns could agree on, that I wouldn't get any actual borders. But I've managed to cram myself in here in a very, you know, comfortable, you know, crammed space because there's a lot of air. You know, the, the sky above me, I think I'm crammed in between 16 saloons, right, where all these borders meet. So it's got good, because between all the walls, there's a nice humming white noise where all the music and chatter comes together. But yeah, so this podcast sits, you know, between sleep and wake, between listening and not listening, between sense and sensibility, you know, between Jane Austen and... Uh, Jane the Virgin and, you know, Jane uh, that I can't think, you know, more plain Jane. Yeah, that was the one I was looking for, plain Jane. And, you know, Mary Jane for some folks, some folks maybe. They say, man, man, now it all makes sense, Scoots. Tell it to me like it is. And I say, yeah, it's a border town, border of border towns. Uh, but the key border is, you know, you say, well, I'll listen for a little while. I, uh, I'll listen to scooters rambling instead of my own chattering or all those voices that are jacking for attention. You just listen to me. Uh, but clearly, you don't need to take me super seriously because I'm stuffed here. You know, it's a, you just picture a bunch of Western towns. If 16 Western towns could be all back you know have i guess like yeah just picture a big circle and they're all like little pie pieces and in the center of the pie is where all the borders of the towns meet and you say who designs these towns i say that you remember trivial pursuits the, uh, the family that invented trivial pursuit you know they did these border towns because they said they liked the pie shape for some reason but yeah there's a little space right there in the middle for me Right where all the borders meet, where there's no room to be shamed by Venn diagrams, you know. Like your brain will tell you at bedtime, supposed to, would've, could've, 
and where they cross over, that's you. Uh, true effort and no effort in you. Uh, you know, whatever it is, success, failure, well, no, she's just on that side. You know, just your brain never used Venn diagram. Has a Venn diagram? I mean, I love Venn diagrams, uh, but I think, come on. I mean, when when are people? Can we get some? Can we get the super friends on this? Like, when was the last time Venn diagrams were used to say, uh, "Hey, you're doing a pretty damn good job." You know, because it's always a little spot. Like, it's, it, I guess my Venn, if I was making it for you right now, I'd say, okay, here's a nice, what's your favorite color? Okay, that color, circle. That's doing your best. Here's a circle of the equal, what's your second favorite color? Okay, fuchsia, really? You really have a color vocabulary. What are, you, are you a Panatone person? But anyway, and then that circle is a damn good job. They're the same size circle, doing your best damn good job. That's my Venn diagram for you. And, you know, then for all those other parts, it's like uh, uh, bedtime. And, you know, the rest of you brain parts, please be quiet. And I don't know, you see, attempts at a Venn diagram. I guess uh, maybe this is why they're only used for their best, you know, if you're going to repurpose Venn diagrams for good, it's really complicated because it's like, no, you need scarcity for Venn diagrams. You know, you need these two hulking circles of shame. You know, and then in the little is the meek little, you know, human. And you say, that's you right in there where that, that overlap comes. Skill, persistence, chance of success. See that tiny dot? That's where they, that's the sweet, that's what you got to shoot for right there. Uh, but now, at bedtime, I, you know, I have the power of the, you know, I said they, because I gave up waiting for the super friends, even though I called, only called them four minutes ago. And by the power, I just pushed all those Venn diagrams together and dropped a little Roy G. Biv powder so that they just began and said, well, it's not just one circle. They say, what colors? I said, S -s sleepy, sleepy color. And this is kind of the example I was talking about before. You say, well, anytime you feel like drifting off, you can. And, you know, if you want a recap of what we've kind of talked about, it won't make any more sense to say, well, is he, gonna, is he was going to talk, he talked about French lemonade, which I still didn't get. And then he said he was going to talk about the long tail, but then he didn't. Then he got mad about Venn diagrams, but, you know, marginally mad. Well, you know, well, the other mad, he's, you know, madness. Uh, then he talked about something else I can't remember. I think it was personal something. Uh, then he talked about something else. I think he tried to redo his French lemonade. He talked about a dream about eating lemons, maybe. Talked to misused the word metaphor 14 times. I noted that, but it didn't, didn't bother me either, even though my name is Johan Metaphor. I never metaphor I, ne I didn't like. And then he tried that joke. Then he talked about Venn diagrams again, but I couldn't, I, I guess, and I said, was that the long tail part? I said, and then something, I think he, oh, border, he, Trivial Pursuit, he played a game of Trivial Pursuit, I think, as the episode. And I say, well, no, honey, I don't think he, he's pretty aware, he doesn't want to be, copy, that wouldn't that be a copyright violation? Well, you're right, dear, maybe, I think he talked about Borderlands or Border, I, you know, oh, that's Scooter. 
So that ideally, if the podcast works for you, you'll have some reaction. I think that would be the you know the ideal reaction. Uh, uh, something like that. You say something along the lines of mild appreciation, I guess. And, and you know, during the day, I get a lot more than that. Thank you, all of you. Uh, but that's what I would do. I take your mind off stuff, distract you, be a little bit silly. It's just I just sit here and talk. I'll be at your bedside. You only got to kind of listen to me. It's a bedtime story for grown-ups. I want to be here to carry you again through the deep, dark night. To take your mind off all that racing stuff. And like I said, I'm going to use the long, soothing tones. Pointless meanders. Uh, non, you know, nonsense to you. Attempt, you know, I'll attempt to make the nonsense within me sensible. And in doing so... You know, it's kind of like, I don't know, like it's processing it through a nonsense meter, you know, and then I'll talk about it. I'll say, I wish I ever knew the plot of nonsense because I could use that. And, and, yeah, and every once in a while I'll say something like, gosh, gosh, but gosh. But that's it. I'm glad you're here. It's a weird podcast, no doubt about it. Well-intentioned. I just wanted to help you fall asleep. Uh, so I'm glad you're here. Thank you for stopping by. It takes courage in, uh, to overcome the skepticism of this odd little show uh, to make it this far. Ideally, you may be asleep. Some of you may not. I'm going to be here for another 40 minutes, giving it my all. And I'm not kidding either. But you don't, you know, you, I'm going to give it my all so you don't have to. Uh, so that's it. Thanks for stopping by. I really hope I, I help you fall asleep. Thanks. All right, housekeeping. We're on the web, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. Older episodes can be found on our website. You can comment on your website. You can email me feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. Uh, you can get me on Twitter at Dearest Scooter on Facebook. If you can donate a dollar a month, $12 a year, uh, just go to sleepwithmepodcast.com slash patron. I want to thank Chris Posty Posterson from Sounds Like an Earful who edited this episode and did the music. I want to thank Scotty and Jennifer who do our artwork. I want to thank our moderators, Julie C., Rachel L. To the G., Lyle Lie, Jennifer B., Alexandra, Laura, sleepinmepodcast.com slash nods, N-O-D-S. And that's our little Facebook group where it's, it doesn't really... It's just a community. You can talk about the podcast, but you can also talk about friendship, uh, sea mammals, within, you know, as long as it's respectful, and no sea mammals spam uh, porpoises. You know, I know how you guys have your MAMM multi-level businesses or whatever. Oh, it's porpoise cream. Yeah, I bought a case of it, and I'm still waiting. I can't, can't sell any of it. And uh, so that's a Facebook group. Uh, what else? I think that's it. I'm glad... Uh, I think that's it. Let's get out of the show. Hi, everybody. It's your buddy Scoots here. Little Andy sometimes I'm known as. It's uh, July, Tuesday, January 12th. And I got it. So I'm going to look up the trends here. I didn't realize, well, we could, I didn't realize that I've been not using Tweetbot to its full potential. We're really going to have some fun in 2016 with Tweetback because you can really dial down your trends to different places. We're going to do, the, the, I got the trends, pictures taken. And just yesterday or the day before, I was pining. I, I think that's the correct word. I was pining to myself 
in it. There's like a, people talk about psychic places and they talk about memories. And I guess I'm one of those people, I guess, I don't know if I'm an auditory learner because the teachers were talking and I don't know if I was learning or if I'm a visual learner. I'm more of a mistakes learner. But to go back to the, I have like this auditory thing, auditory geographic brain fusion where uh, certain, if I listen to a piece of music or a podcast in a certain location, uh, sometimes those become fused for me. And so I was, I guess this will be some unwinding of the sweater here a little bit again, because, so I was listening, uh, maybe my, my daughter, of course, not me, is a big Taylor Swift fan. I guess I am too, I like Taylor Swift. And I hear, you know, I did an episode about her trying to look into the, you know, oh no, that was about Lord. Sorry, Taylor. I did talk about her her battle with the, trying to figure out the streaming music rights. I think I did that. But so I was listening to a little Taylor Swift this week, and then I noticed that Ryan Adams had done a cover album of that Taylor Swift album, 1989, or I think it's called. And I looked. I said, "Well, let me listen to this." And I tried to get to the youngsters I hang with, the third graders. They, you know, re-enrolled in third grade. By the way, don't tell anybody. But uh, I said, "Hey, check this out. This is a little bad blood. A little." Uh... And then I remembered I have some. I had a couple psychic places tied to some Ryan Adams songs. And we don't need to go down that road. Not, I mean, not important or anything. It's not filled with any. But, but those those places were the hills of the city of Oakland. Beautiful downtown Oakland, as Roman Mars says. And his tones are on the uh, sweet side. Adult. He has dulcet tones, I think. He's buttery. I think they described his tones as buttery. His, his are like a vibrating butter tone. Still solid. What's the, what's the fourth state called again? You got... Uh, uh, air, water, and solid, and the other ones like he—I think his—he's his is that vibrating of that of butter. Uh, so you know, with a little sugar, you know, makes this sweet, sweet cream butter. But but so he, he so when he says beautiful downtown Oakland, that's what I was thinking of. But this wasn't this isn't in downtown Oakland. This is the hills of Oakland. So I said, let's take a little. And what was I doing in the hills of Oakland? And could I take to my listeners to back to this place where these psychic memories were formed? And I honestly don't know if this this might not be. This might be one trip. Might be two trips. I, I don't know if we'll even be able to work these trends into it. To be honest. Uh, so I hope you'll forgive me. And I'll, I'll try to try to change this around the subject matter slightly, but this is pretty straight straight material. Is at, at some point in my life, not that long ago, I had a job uh, working for one of the local counties here in the Department of Agriculture, and I was working for the, the department there that deals with invasive uh, invasive things. It was the agriculture and weights and measures were one combined department. And uh, it was probably the greatest job I ever had 
uh, though I love my job right now and I love making this podcast, but this was a, that came along at the wrong. Like if I was like 22 years old, it would have been the greatest job ever. And I, I don't know. I want to talk about my day at work, but I got to tell you how much awesome this job was. Uh, first of all, it was four 10-hour days, maybe 10 and a half hour days. I don't know. So you always had Friday off. And your job was to search uh, an area, and we'll get more into that, to make sure there's no invasive species there. More complicated than that, you know, scientific method type stuff. Uh, and it was 95% of the, no, maybe yeah, maybe 95, if a 10-hour day, I'd say a yeah, 92% of the job, the workday was spent outside or driving. And despite my, you know, penchant for temper flare-ups, I, I love driving and I love being in a moving vehicle. I love being outdoors in the Bay Area and Oakland in particular. It's just a lo- lovely, lovely place. And those of you that listen to the podcast might be like, you might say, okay, Scoots, uh, how, what, wait, you work, and, and uh, I'll only say this word once, like my official job title was an insect trapper, and that sounds more heinous than it really was, especially to love, you know, the insect awareness groups or whatever. That was really a, more of a sampler, you're, you're checking and taking a sampling to make sure there's no invasive species anywhere. Uh, but really, for the purposes of this episode, we'll say I was a stone fruit protector, a stone fruit fruit protector, or a stone fruit tree, or whatever. You know, I don't know what the word is, even though I did the job protector. And, and you know, or you could even, you know, go back, you know, entire state, you know, breadbasket of the world, the United States protector. Or you just say, stone, I like stone fruit protector, stone fruit protector. Stone fruit projector. I think that was what was that? Clint or Clint? Was that? Uh, I think he did a series called Stone Fruit Projector. Or maybe that was the guy that did Cree Master. That was this in the movie set in Stone Fruit Fruit Projector. Sixteen hours of stone, you know. And I said, man, I don't even understand it. Me and I said, me and imaginary David Lynch went. And I said, when, I said, is there any cabaret singers in this? And then he said it out loud. He said, is there any cabaret singers in this? And then he left. And he said, I'm going to the cabaret. And I said, can I come with you? He said, but I know. He goes, just stay here, fill me in on the stone fruits. Uh, So how did I get that job? Well, I had a neighbor who had had that job who told me to apply for it. And this is how crazy I mean, I really needed the job because I don't think I, I don't know if I had a job. Uh, yeah, no, or, well, that's a whole nother story. But yeah, I needed the job. Yeah, for, for me, it paid incredibly well, even though I was in my 30s. I think I was 30. I don't know. I was 30, around 30 something. And for me, you know, I, I'm not, I've never been a high earner in my life, so... We're talking big money for me, and I think, I don't know what it paid, and for a lot of people, it would be big money. For a lot of people, it might not be. Uh, but it was a reasonably well-paid job. For for me, it was really well-paid. I think it was like $16, $17 an hour, maybe. But, but I didn't have a job at the time. It was it, it paid it paid okay. 
And my neighbor was like, you should apply for it. I just left. I know they have open positions. And then I said, eh, it was in the laundry room, you know, when you talk to, when you talk to an introvert, talking to introverts in the laundry room, you know, just like on public transit, I don't, I think I was non-responsive, but my wheels did start to turn. And at the time, I was always looking for jobs that I could write during them or, you know, be creative. And so I was like, well, maybe I should check this job out. Plus, I didn't have a job, so I was like, okay. Or maybe when he told me about it, I did have a job, but it didn't have benefits. I think, yeah, maybe, but whatever. So I applied for the job. I was so, I never told him, because he could have got me the job, I think. But I, you know, I've got too many issues. So I didn't tell him, and I applied for the job. And then I had to take a test, or maybe a couple tests. And I kind of studied for him. I didn't tell him again until after I got the job. And, and uh, you know, you didn't need a science degree to get this job because it's a very entry-level job. But, oh, what a job this was. And I don't want to out any people that worked there, but the two supervisors were wonderful, wonderful people. Uh, we'll, we'll make up names for them. Sherry and... and uh, and Millhouse were the two the two supervisors, and they were both the nicest people, especially Sherry. And so then I got the job, and I got trained by this guy. Uh, what's a fake name for him? I don't know. I don't want to. Say, I guess this a couple nice guys trained me. And so this job is basically so you. you go into work and, and it was a little bit like being a stone fruit police officer slash mailman so our job is to protect the stone fruit trees uh, and sample them you know to make sure that they're they can be at their healthiest this is you know say if anybody's using the scientific method now it's going you know it ended when I started talking uh, so we would go into work, and now each person, when you got the job, and you got assigned a route, because the state of California is broken into one-by-one-mile grids. Uh, I don't know, I guess I didn't ask a lot of questions. So I don't know if just this, this is just the agriculture system has these grids, or this is a universal grid system. I don't have the answers. I'm sure our good buddy Eddie Snowden could get that. And then each of those grids is broken into a north quadrant, a south quadrant, an east quadrant, and a west quadrant. And there might even be, I don't know if there's five quadrants, there might be a center, there might be a C too. I don't know, it's been a little while since I, uh, I protected the, you know, officially, you know, as a sanctioned stone fruit protector. Uh, so you had a grid. And then in a four-day period of the four workdays, you were supposed to cover your entire grid. And each grid had some alternating things, so you were supposed to check. Within a two-week period, you checked your entire grid uh, to make sure all, not all the stone fruit trees in your grid, but a representative sampling of the stone, stone fruit trees that were likely to have ripe fruit on them. Or if there weren't stone fruit trees, another fruiting tree. But ideally, you know, we're looking to keep the, we're looking to protect all trees through the stone fruit. You know, I think that was Stonewall Jackson said that protect all through the stone fruit. 
So that was our job, was to, so you had a grid. So each beginning of the week, you started at the beginning of the grid, and then by the end of the week, you were supposed to be done with your grid. And there was a set number of samplings, and you, would re- you were supposed to relocate your sampling stuff, which were little paper things or glass things we would put in the tray. Uh, you know, they, they would basically talk to you, hey, how's everything going up in here? And you say, how does that work? I say sprites, you know, believe it or not. Eddie Snowden could tell you about that too, but sprites, you know, a little bit. We had paper sprites that lived in paper houses and sprites that lived in glass houses. And they would spend the days, you know, just chit-chatting with trees. They, you know, but they had a method, kind of like this podcast. They would chat with the tree. I guess like the Socratic method or the talk therapy method. You know, they would talk to the trees, and they say, well, this tree seems a little down. And then they would make a report, you know, just, and then I would check the report, you know, I'd say, okay. Very, you know, very structured system. They have it figured out. And so you would have a truck, a pickup truck, small bed pickup truck, and you'd have water, because the sprites always need water, especially because the the sprites that lived in the glass houses, they were water-based sprites. So believe it or not, they lived in these glass jugs. If you live in California, you may have seen these in a tree, a glass jug in a tree that holds a stone fruit sprite. It's that simple, scientists. And then the paper ones, you know, but so you needed water. And you needed a decent amount to make sure. So usually you had a water tank in the bed of your pickup, but that was installed there. And then some smaller buckets to distribute and also to wash their houses because the sprites... Uh, they could be particular about they like a clean house. Who could blame them? You know, there's stone fruit trees. They got stone dropping, wind, dust. So we would wash their houses for them on a regular basis. We would build paper houses for the stone fruit uh, paper tree, paper stone. It's complicated, and again, I don't know the phylums of all this stuff. Because somebody over there at the you know biology thing doesn't believe they say sprites aren't don't don't have a phylum, and they say you needed to be in a zoology, buddy. Uh, so you had uh, you know you had your water, you had your paper to build paper houses to clean. You had little sprite pellets, sprite food pellets. So you had everything you needed to get through your workday, all your work supplies. They had this cool 10-foot pole. Believe it or not, I've worked with a pole, a 10-foot pole. I can't even believe it myself. It seems like a dream now. And it had a hook so you could put the uh, Sprite houses up in the trees. Not kidding about any of this. Uh, Not kidding about most of this. It a 10-foot pole I did have. Uh, So there was that part of it. And then... You know, because there was a, uh, this was a government-based job, there was an obscene amount of paperwork. Uh, but, but I think it was a necessity because, you know, sci- also scientists like paperwork. And people, you know, you know sprite-based stone fruit protectors, you know, we do paperwork. If it protects the stone fruit trees, you know, on my honor as a stone fruit protector... Uh, so you would have binders with uh, the maps in them, and each grid had its own map, and then you had all the corresponding paperwork. And what the corresponding paperwork was, say you had a map of a one-by-one of a one grid, and then on the edges of the map it had the next grids. 
Uh, then after that map, you'd have all the possibilities of where uh, stone fruit trees might be, what stone fruit trees you So you'd have little maps, and they say, well, on this part of the grid, you know, with cross streets and such things, like up near this fence or near this telephone pole is a nice uh, apricot, or apricot, ap- or apricot, as some say, and peaches. Now those are the stone fruit trees that are the most... They have the, the you know the sweetest fruit. So and and then they are at the uh, towards the middle late of the summer. So those are considered our super you know super stone fruits. And not not by any not because of looks or sweetness, just because of uh, I don't know it, it, the powers that declared. You know I serve you know greater forces of the stone fruit. So I just follow in the traditions of my four you know four four protectors. So, uh, let's see. Uh, so we had paperwork. So you had these binders. Usually I'd bring about four or five binders, and that would get me through a work day, maybe a day and a half. Um, then you had, like, a clipboard with more paper, you know, so you could log all the paper, all the stops you were making. And a stop. We'll, we'll get into the specifics of the job soon, but... Uh, a uh, stop would involve, you know, checking a stone fruit tree, checking in with the sprites, and uh, saying, hey, what's, you know, the, seeing if they left any reports, clean, maybe cleaning their houses, making sure their houses are in good order. You know, sometimes the wind would blow them out. Trees, sprites, you know, they can handle that, but you'd put their house back or house repair. And then since we're doing a sampling, at least every, I think it was every six weeks, is every four four to six weeks you'd want to relocate to a new tree ideally chasing the uh, um, ripening of the fruit and this now the downside of this job I didn't talk about is that you're only employed from around uh, Easter to Thanksgiving and then you get laid off uh, which is probably the only reason that and I didn't have a biology degree and I couldn't quite live on uh, what I was giving. So those are the only reasons I'm not still working there. Otherwise, I'd be like, this is the best job ever. I mean, outside with a 10-foot pole. And you say, well, how many, what's it like working? And I say, well, sprites, sprites really don't, you know, they're kind of like movie stars, so they don't really work with us. We work, and I don't like to say I work for, we work with the sprites, but almost like if they're talent and I'm not talent, so they, you know, the talent stays separate. So I couldn't answer any sprite-related questions, like what are they like, what do they, you know, other than, you know, that, uh, you know, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to damage any sprite-human relations so by saying anything else. Okay, so you would have to relocate them every four to six weeks. Usually the paper paper house sprites, you'd rebuild a new house, ideally. And then the glass house sprites, you know, you just wash them up a house. Either their house or you'd have a clean house ready to go. You know, get, set up their food and everything and put them in the tree. And sometimes you'd get to a tree or you'd get to a property and say, oh, I can't get to that tree or that tree doesn't, you know, needs fruit. You know, to protect the stone fruit, we need fruit. And you would also start in citrus trees. Grapefruit trees are also good. They weren't a stone fruit, but the glass house uh, 
sprites, they like the grape. They say, well, we want, we're protectors. And I say, well, I love a grapefruit. Uh, pomelo is something like an orange and a grapefruit. I've never got a, I never got an answer out of a sprite whether they consider that an orange or a grapefruit. Uh, but here in California, we're lucky. Oranges are usually in trees a lot of the year between early spring and, and uh, fall. Uh, so that was a lot of the, like a bit of the background of the job, not any actual details and some, a few, you know, factually, uh, you know, so uh, what was a work day like? Now, I don't want to see if, if this becomes a thing, like you want to hear more, we'll talk more, but I, I wanted to get back to the premise that I started with, which was uh, these psychic memories of certain places, because I have... So, so, well, let me do a little more broad overview, okay? So, my, so the state was blocked off into one, one by one grids. Now, I guess after I left uh, there, they decided to redo the grids, like, and move them one inch, which caused a hole, and then re reorder the numbers, as a holy bureaucracy. Uh, so that could create, luckily I wasn't there anymore. That would be dyslexics, you know. And I still have dreams about this job. A lot about the paperwork and then about the beautiful hills of Oakland. Uh, so I had this grid, a portion of Oakland, not all of Oakland, but man, did I get lucky. Now, I had one of the more difficult things, uh, just because I had a combination of like parts of downtown Oakland, which would have low fruit trees, hard to park, lots of traffic, and then the port of Oakland, which would have similar problems, not a lot of trees and stuff. And then I would go all the way into the high hills of Oakland. And, and if you're hearing this from around the country, you probably don't know about, I mean, the whole beauty of Oakland from the, from the from, from the port all the way to the hills and the diversity of Oakland, a place I love. So so I hit the jackpot because I get to, over a four-day span, tour all of that. Now, I didn't have all of Oakland. A couple other lo lovely people had uh, some other parts of Oakland uh, and their grids, but I had my little section, and, and it, it, was, it was the greatest. And I felt like a bit like, you know, I was a stone fruit mailman in some sense. I was just checking in with the stone fruit, uh, what were they called? Pixies, I forgot. Uh, sprites, I believe. Uh, so I'll just give you a quick overview of my four-day, uh, the four-day process. Like, usually on Monday, well, every Monday, not usually, it started at the Port of Oakland, one of the big West Coast, coast ports uh, where uh, ships come in, you know, big container ships, and there's port stuff. And I mean, it wouldn't be, there's no trees right on the port, but in uh, properties close to the port there are. And there's a couple, uh, the city of Oakland and the East Bay Parks District have been able to invest in some lovely, a few lovely parks right by the port. So those were nice places. Uh, so I'd start there on Monday, and then I would go through West Oakland on uh, the first half of Monday before lunch. And I would go through West Oakland and, and uh, go through the industrial section and then the residential section. And West Oakland's got this industrial residential mix, kind of where the port uh, uh, connects to it. 
and it has a it has a bit of poverty there. But I always had a like, like I think of, like some people might be intimidated by that. But it was funny, like uh, whatever the activity was that I was running into, they called me the Bug Man, and so I would run into people. Uh, that other people might find intimidating, and I, you know, I, I'm not an introvert. Oh, you know, I'm an introvert, but 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 I, I I don't know. Sometimes I can flourish. You know, when I'm a bug man, I don't know. Like when I guess when I can inhabit a role is what it is. So people be like, "What's, what's up, bug man?" And uh, I remember one guy sang me the Line Man song. And, and this is all running through West Oakland, and I'm hopping fences, I'm dodging dogs, I'm checking in with people, and then people be worried about me. They'd be like, what are you doing? You know, this isn't... And I'd be like, don't worry, I'm the bug man. I got it down. And I'd be waving, and I always, you know, I was big with my window down. I usually wore shorts. So I, I had a great time in West Oakland, and I don't know, I don't think West Oakland's been gentrified yet, but it, it was, uh, and this was right when the, uh, I got this job right during the presidential election, uh, President Obama's first election. So I don't know how gentrified it is now. Uh, but so that would be my Monday morning up until about lunch. I'd be in West Oakland, maybe a little bit past lunch uh, into like 1 or 2 p.m. Then I'd start to move uh, through downtown Oakland at lunchtime, usually. And that could be, you know, that could be stressful and a bit of a handful but just because, you know, a downtown city, you know, with the traffic and trying to find a spot to park and stuff like that. And then uh, as my day would go on, I would be in the, some of the residential neighborhoods off of downtown Oakland, and normally my day would almost invariably end my Monday around the beautiful Lake Merritt. I think the oldest wildlife estuary, uh, the first one in the United States, uh, the Jewel of Oakland. Uh, go see it. It's oh, what a, what a! It's this beautiful, I guess, estuary, man-made lake in the heart of Oakland. It's got a couple little districts around there. You can walk around the lake. You can sit at the lake. You know, you've probably heard episodes where I've talked about the Canadian geese, which I wish, you know, I love the people of Canada, but it'd uh, be great if you could take those geese back. But so uh, usually I'd end my day, but usually I'd actually end my day right at Lake Merritt uh, or right around there. So that'd be my Monday. And then so then my Tuesday morning, just hand off, start where I left off, somewhere near Lake Merritt. And I'd go through some of the more residential neighborhoods on the other side of Lake Merritt, right up to the border of the city of Berkeley. So I guess that would be northern Oakland at this point, and uh, nor- nor- northwestern Oakland, and I'd be doing those things on the beginning of the day. And those are pretty, uh, uh, it's a pretty grid-like area, so that would take some time, and it was residential, so there'd be more trees and there'd be more driving. And I guess there's probably a lot of grits there. I don't know. Uh, but still not in the hills of Oakland. By lunch, I'd still be still on the border, like uh, the Rockridge area of uh, Oakland. I can't quite picture where I would end my day, but I think it would be close 
uh, just starting to climb the hills of Oakland. And even people in the Bay Area, I think, don't know about these hills of Oakland. And, of course, the hills of the entire East Bay, which even after the residential areas go on uh, to these lovely East Bay parks, which we uh, uh, somehow, I mean, not not we, I guess uh, uh, the men and women... Uh, who came before us who decided to preserve a lot of those hills just to have uh, parkland. Uh, but but w- w- day three would be... Uh, I, I don't know which I loved more. I guess in some sense, uh, day two was like, eh, it's just mostly residential. Like day one had Oakland, West Oakland, and the port... And, you know, being called the bug man and go, going to uh, places... I probably shouldn't, and people saying, well, you know. But then day three and then day four of my work week, we're in these Oakland Hills, and even the Oakland Hills had a lot of different moods and styles and twists and turns. Like there's, and I don't know how to describe it. I guess if you were uh, looking at it through a Hollywood type perspective. There are parts of Oakland Hills that are literally like you would picture Bel Air and the Beverly Hills uh, with these just just beautiful, beautiful homes and, 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 and stuff that could seem, you could say it was old money. And then some new modern homes that you could say that's eh, new money. And then maybe a little bit down where you say I don't know if which is Richard Beverly Hills or Bel Air, but you know, stuff where you say, well, that's way too expensive. For, you know, I'll never live there, but it's pretty nice. Uh, but then even above, above that, you get into this uh, uh, part of Oakland Hills that has this alpine feel where there's tons and tons of tall trees and these hilly, twisty roads. There's a road called Snake Road that just twists and turns, and there's another one called Shepherd Canyon, and there's another one running through it called Skyline. And then these, at the top of these hills, they abut these beautiful parks like Redwood Regional Park, Wildcat Canyon Park, uh, Chabot, uh, Huckleberry Preserve, some lovely little parks. Uh, but when you get into the more, and I call it an alpine field, that's just what I call it, you get into more uh, houses where I guess people have been, like you'd say, at one point these houses were probably pretty affordable because they're way, way up. And even though they're not far from downtown Oakland, some of them have billion-dollar views. But you say, at some point, these houses, you know, because it take forever, even though downtown Oakland's probably four miles away by bird, by road, it's probably like 30 minutes. Um, and you just, you do, oh, I, I don't know, I wish I could, I don't think I could do it justice, but you'd be driving through these hills, and you'd feel like you're in the mountains, you'd have cypress trees and redwoods and you'd go from you know this tons of shade and this smell of thick trees and I, I would be like fully on patrol you know looking and at that point I had GPS so that was really helpful I think when I first started I may have not had a GPS which made it really hard and some of the Oakland Hills didn't necessarily always co- correspond with that uh, what an adventure, getting to see all these houses and see these different streets that I would have never had an opportunity to drive and, and to be protecting the stone fruit, of course. 
And it's strange to say, but somehow, you know, you can only listen to so much AM radio and then FM radio. And so, you know, I tried to figure out, like, FM transmitter, because this was like a a county pickup, so it just had the radio, you know, they're not getting, you know, they're not looking to, you know, let you get some luxury of listening in. But so I listened to a lot of podcasts and a lot of my own music, and so, uh, you know, I'd have like, and, and when you're working a 10 hour day driving, you can't even ever, you can never have enough audio, I guess, because this was uh, years ago. So it was before there were some podcasts, uh, but nothing like the selection. Now, I mean, can you imagine you have an entire catalog of Earwolf podcasts? I can't imagine working that job now. It's like I could catch up on all my podcasts of Radiotopia. Panopy. I mean, I just work my way through it. You know, you talk about maximum fun. Make my job maximum fun. And it'd be, you know, I could listen to it. So, you know, I guess that's a little forlorn that, uh, uh, I guess I can't, and I can't, I can't go back. And I guess I, I left that job really good. You know, it was one of the few bridges that didn't burn down. I, I don't think. I mean, until now, because I say, what are you talking about? With the, uh, I see, yeah, the Sprite Houses, of course, were the stone fruit protectors. With our poles of protection, or, well, house, you know, house adjusting. And so basically, so day three, I would drive around. There was one other thing that I'm loath to talk about that is relatable when you think about mailmen and garbage men, especially. I wrote some short stories about this. But, but, like, that I learned is, like, uh, where, where do you go? Like, where do you go when you have to go? Because, uh, especially when you're in a place like the Oakland Hills, uh, I think Oakland must have an ordinance. If you're getting construction done on your house, you have to have a porta potty. Uh, so I would, once I had done the job for a while and had some close calls, you know, I learned, you know, to, to just, well, I guess I didn't learn to mark it on a map or anything, but I'd say, I think there's a porta potty around this block. And then at some point, of course, you would count on that being there, and then it would have been gone. So you would kind of plan those things around the beginning of your day to lunch and the end of your day. But even then, it would be difficult. Or if you're in a place like West Oakland, you know, not a lot of businesses want you using you say, well, you're not a customer. And I say, I'll never be a customer now. And they say, okay. They say, okay, you get, okay, can I buy, how much, you know, so... Um, it, that was a, one of the few job hazards, uh, but it definitely made me gave, gave me some empathy and stuff. Uh, but so day three, I would go through the hills, Oakland, up these canyons, and, uh, and and I could take a nice lunch, and I could write. And, and it was a union job, so we had like two required fifteen minute breaks and a half hour lunch. Uh, but this job was a lot of work. Like, I would take those breaks, but that was really the only time. Because we had, also, you had to finish your thing. Like, the routes were laid out to be finished in four days. And they could take, they were supposed to take four days, and they would. And then you never knew, like, if you were you were relocating the Sprite houses. And then you were, like, especially if it was towards the end of the day. And they said, well, and, and then you suddenly couldn't find any fruiting trees. 
that you had taken their houses and you say, we well, can't bring them back to the office. Sprites stay in stone fruit trees or, you know, the closest thing they can. You know, they don't stay in, a, uh, you know, so then you'd have to keep looking for a proper tree. And we were supervised and inspected, so it's like if you, you can't just pretend, you know, you, you, you could get caught, you know, if you put it in some a pine tree or something, that'd be it. And this, when I had this job, it was not a time to play around with jobs. This was when the economy was hurting. And this was just a dream job for me. Holy cow. I mean, I could have probably recorded 8,000 podcast episodes. I mean, they would have all been the same. Uh, but yeah, look at this. I'm getting one. And at, at some point, maybe I'll be able to drive those hills for you in person. But so day three, I would spend the whole day driving uh, through the hills and through the different flavors of the hills. And then as day three came to a close, there's this little 13, I think was the route. And I think the town, was it called? Uh, Mountain Boulevard. I don't know what the... You think they had Montclair, maybe? Is that what they called it? And, and I guess like as a time portal to pass, when I first moved to the Bay Area, I actually worked some shifts in a, a juice bar, a coffee bar there, you know, slinging... This was pre-Jamba, so I was slinging smoothies and wheatgrass and coffee up there. Forgot about that till just now. Wow, I can't believe I'd forgotten about that. So, um, yeah, I think that was called Montclair. And so that was like a nice little quaint town that had a Safeway, so that's where I'd usually start and, and have my lunch if I could. Or if I needed to, because they had facilities, and if you need to buy, like, a, a cold water or something. That's another thing, you need a lot of water, because you're working outside in the summer. And, of course, sunscreen, audio content, ideally. But so I would, like, drive these things, and I would listen to different stuff. And, oh, like, so just listen to these different songs just bring me right back to these different places. And even the different atmospheric things, like, because uh, if you were there in the early morning and it was a foggy day, you know, it'd be dark and foggy and misty and wet and almost uh, like one of those crustacean periods. I think there's a more nuanced term for it, but you'd be there in, like, the, you know, places with thick trees, they have the ground thick with old leaves. And you talk, you know, you'd see people, you'd be like, hey, you mind if I check your, you know, I got a couple sprites here. You know, can I, because you'd ask the homeowners, hey, can I, you know, I'm a protector of stone fruit. You know, I work for a stone fruit protection council by order of the, you know, sprites. I mean, usually I'd just, I'd cloak it in more official terminology. Uh... So I spent that day. That was a really nice day. Then day four would kind of be, and I guess this wasn't. A, it was a bit like a metaphorical journey, but I don't know what to do. But day four, I would be coming down from the hills, and then so after you got out of the what I call the alpine region, just because that's what I don't know, or the tree tree filled region, uh, you'd come back down, and that then you'd be like day four. At first, I'd spent a lot of time in, in the uh, Bel Air type section. Very, very nice. And you'd even, uh, this own, its own, uh, I think even incorporated city Piedmont, 
uh, which was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful homes, very nice people, some nice, very nice parks. You know, could use a few more restrooms if you're, if I'm going to be honest. Uh, they even have like a little canyon with a little tennis facility. I think that's run by Oakland City Parks. Uh, and that was a cool spot to eat lunch. Usually, uh, maybe there'd be a couple of ten- people playing tennis. Uh, so then you'd work your way back down out of the hills and, and through uh, the section, which, the, if you're familiar with Oakland, Park Boulevard would be where I'd kind of finish mine. And that would be abutting this, the next person's grids would be on the other side of Park Boulevard. And he would, I guess, cover that. I don't know if that's considered Southern Oakland. I've never heard anybody say Southern Oakland. But maybe the East, maybe that's called East Oakland. And then sometimes if you were finished with your route a little early, you'd help someone else finish their route. So sometimes I'd get to go to Berkeley and finish up in, in the Berkeley Hills uh, or the area around Cal Berkeley. But it was a, what a wonderful, wonderful job. Um, and yeah, it's protecting the stone fruit from, uh, I don't know, just working with the spread. We didn't actually have, we were just like basically an early warning system because we had no authority or need you know, you just say, hey, check with Sprites, check with check their paperwork, and say, okay, and then mark it in your paperwork. Make sure you're rotating trees to follow the ripening fruit and building up to the season of the stone fruits, you know, which go usually goes, let's see. I don't know what would be the first, but you'd get into plums, and you go plums, I'm probably missing something, apricots, peaches, peaches, and then loquats. And then after that, you'd go into a persimmon, maybe, and then a citrus. And, and you know, the, big, the most, you had to be the most uh, vigilant in the seasons of the, you know, stone fruits. So, and loquat is like a stone-like fruit. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of them in California. And it's kind of tough to, even, it's like a little tiny orange round fruit. Uh, but yeah, you go into plums, and there's different types of plums. And there's even something called an ornamental plum, which really isn't uh, as real. But then you could move into your real plums, and they would be ripe. I don't know what other stone, I, I apologize to the stone, oh, nectarines, those are another good one, nectarines. But nectarines would be... You'd have to be really keeping an eye on them because they could be pre-apricot or post-apricot. So, you know, you just want to keep a close watch on that. So I think that's it for the... for the. Um, I mean, feel free. But I don't know what questions you have. It, it was... Because uh, I can't, like I said, it's the, most questions you have be about the sprites, which I can't answer. Uh, so... And you say, why sprites? And I say, again, I just was, you know, if someone asked you to be like a knight of the round table, would you question the table? Or, you know, they say, well, whose orders? You know, and say, Princess Daphne. They say, well, when am I going to talk to them? And I say, no, no, you're a knight of the round table. And they say, well, I hope that you are able then. And they say, I'm sorry, What? And I guess they're like, yeah, see, wait, you're, okay, so you want me to be a protector of stone fruit and you're going to give me a paycheck? 
they say, yeah, but you, you, know, you get laid off and it's, you know, it's only then you got to pay union. And they say, well, that's more money, you know. Say, this is a, a tough time in our nation's history job-wise. I'll be honored. And I got to wear, like, a, I wore a, somewhat of a uniform. So I had a tan shirt on, kind of like a park ranger with a little bat, like a, not a badge, but a, something you put on the arm of your shirt. I don't know, a crest. And it said, like, Department of Agriculture. And, of course, I had that poll. And, you know, we got to ha- I got a lot of, you know, poll action. And I would switch arms, you know, so I didn't overdevelop one or the other. And you'd be putting these things up in the tree, and you had to be careful. And there was one time, this is, this is, when people say people are capable of some strange things or superhuman feats, and this might not seem superhuman to anybody, but I remember I was in West Oakland on the corner of the street, and I, had, I think I had parked across the street, so this is a, it was all sidewalk. It was this really nice plum tree, very, very tall, though, and it had been trimmed a lot. And I remember it was like these smaller round plums, not like the kind you'd eat, but it may be an ornamental one or maybe just like a baby, but I don't know what to call it. So the sidewalk was covered with these little plums. But you know, you have to get the Sprite house. This was a glass house. And you gotta get it somewhere where it can hang, somewhere where it can be, get some airflow. And somewhere where it's not in the total sun or the total shade, because the sprites don't like either one. And a, a branch, so because it's glass, and this is an urban area, you don't want it falling on anyone. And so this particular tree it didn't only had this one spot, and it was really, really high. So I'm like on my tippy toes negotiating it, and it just as I push it off the branch, it, it falls. And it falls like 10 feet towards the sidewalk. And somehow I literally just, my hand left my brain, reached out and caught it. And and caught it in like the perfect way that it just popped into my hand. And honestly, I don't know what happened. And I don't have any coordination whatsoever. And I mean, if you've been listening, you say, well, sprites. And I say, you're exactly right. That's what I thought too. Our sprites. So I hope you've enjoyed this, and I hope the sprites have carried you off into dreamland. And I'll uh, I'll be talking to you soon. I'll do some thank yous here. I want to thank uh, all our new patrons. Thank you so much. Robert, thank you. Brittany, thank you. Uh, Michael R., thank you. Laura P., thank you. T.R., thank you. Those computer people, thank you. Alvin, thank you. Sarah P., thank you. Andrew, thank you. Uh, Fletch, uh, mother. Fletch, uh, thank you. Polly H., thank you. Cynthia, thank you. Uh, Stanley, thank you. Julie, thank you. Ryan, thank you. Uh, Jeffrey, thank you. Mary Beth, thank you. Jenny R., thank you. Rebecca L., thank you. Uh, Kimberly M, thank you. Aaron, thank you. Uh, Michelle, thank you. Jara, thank you. Ken, thank you. Uh, Patricia A, thank you. Christine H, thank you. Nancy C, thank you. Angela H, thank you. Stacy, thank you. Sharon, 
Thank you. Scott T. Thank you. Robert H. Thank you. Allison M. Thank you. Barth. Thank you and good night. Autumn. Thank you and good night. Rachel. Thank you and good night. Michael. Thank you and good night. Anita. Thank you and good night. Josh. Thank you and good night. Dave. Thank you and good night. Adriana. Thank you and good night. Margot. Good night. Jill. Sleep tight. Kathy. Thanks. Susanna, thank you. Uh, good night to Nora. Good night to Jimmy. Good night to Rachel. Uh, thank you and good night to Esme. Edward, good night. Lori, thank you and good night. Juliet, good night. Uh, Louise, thank you and good night. Kit, thank you and good night. Adam, thank you and good night. Vesna, thank you and good night. Adam, thank you and good night. Vesna, thank you and good night. Richard, good night. Good night, Nancy. Daniel, good night. Good night, Amanda. Good night, Marguerite. Nicole, good night. Sean, good night. Leanne, good night. Clay, good night. Hey, Ashton, good night. Uh, Dai Chi, good night. Sean, good night. Jennifer G, good night. Jeremy, good night. Amanda L, good night. Uh, Greg, thank you and good night. Dan, thank you and good night. Karen, thank you and good night. Good night, Anne. Good night, Alexandra. Good night, Kimberly. Good night, Margaret. Good night, Bob. Colleen, good night. Melissa, good night. Good night, Michelle. Good night, Laurel. Good night, Shane. Good night, Jessica. Udit, good night. Patricia, good night. Sarah, good night. Kitts, good night. Jeff, good night. Julie, good night. Jennifer S., good night. Chris F., good night. Allison, good night. Uh, Texas, good night. Uh, JD, good night. Sharon, good night. Mary R., good night. Bonnie, good night. Steve, good night. Good night, Nancy. Good night, Robin. Good night, Scott. Good night, Trish. Good night, Cindy. Good night, Tasman. Good night, Sarah. Good night, Deborah. Good night, Carolina, good night. Uh, Amy L, good night. Melanie, good night. Jen M, good night. Carrie S, good night. Christine L, good night. Sarah A, good night. Michelle, good night. Uh, good night, Mary. Good night, Nancy. Good night, Cindy. Good night, Linda. Good night, Andrea. Good night, Mike. Good night, Heather. Good night, Mark. Good night, Mikkel. Good night, Maureen. Betsy, good night. Allie, good night. Brandon, good night. Uh, Michelle, good night. Annie, good night. Sarah, good night. Kim, good night. Shivan, good night. Adia, good night. Anna, good night. Nicole, good night. And then we also have our patrons over at uh, PayPal. Uh, I want to say good night to Catherine. Mary S., good night. Roger, good night. Uh, Imogen. Laura K., good night. Imogen, good night. Rachel C., good night. Samuel, good night. Molly, good night. Chloe, good night. Good night, Sabrina. Uh, good night, Priska. Uh, good night, Kay. Good night, Lucy. Heidi, good night. James, good night. Good night, Allison. Good night, Amanda. Good night, Pam. Good night, Meredith. Uh, good night, Leslie. Good night, Mario. Good night, Emil. Good night, Heidi. 
Ignite Charles. I want to say thank you on Twitter to Amanda R., the uh, lovely actress. Scott T., thank you. Robert H., thank you and good night. Uh, Luke and whoever Luke's friend is, whoever recommended this show to Luke, thank you. Uh, Patricia AMD, uh, thank you so much. Shout out to the Sampler Show, Bodega Boys, Dead Author, Pod, Christian Shaw, uh, Brittany, Chris, and Rose, good night. Uh, Joey PH, uh, good night. And if you have any more questions, Joey, just feel free to shoot me. I'll answer them, no worries. Molly C, thank you and good night. Uh, BJ288, that sounds like a straight up our brain by with a Twitter account, thank you and good night. Uh, Lori S, thank you and good night. Audrey D, hey, and, hey anybody's got any questions? So you're, 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 well, at this point, you're, you probably got a question. Let's go talk on the podcast and put you to sleep. I uh, shoot, uh, just Google Hey Area if you live in the Bay Area. Have anyway, I'll talk about it in some more proper spot. Thanks, Audrey. Good night. Uh, Jane J and SF, thank you and good night. Illusionoid Podcast and Nugs, good night. Uh, Mary Beth, thank you and good night. Sally P, thanks for that, trying to help me out with that mega crush. Uh, so far, it's not shipping it, it's not a ship, so ship, ship may be sunk. HHI Podcast, uh, thanks for the props, thank you. Laurel L day to the B, good night. Tyler, Good night, Mac. Good night. Uh, once again, Joan and Sarah, thank you and good night. Thank you both. Jennifer B., thank you and good night. Laura, thank you and good night. Kimberly M., thank you and good night. Uh, Vanessa, thank you and good night. Christine, thank you for the wonderful inter- interview and thank you and good night. Uh, uh, Fallon, thank you and good night. Uh, Carrie, thank you and good night. Uh, Joe, thank you and good night. Kate, thank you and good night. Kids, thank you and good night. Lexi, thank you and good night. Lisa, thank you and good night. Jennifer D, thank you and good night. Bonnie M, thank you and good night. Greg, thank you and good night. Uh, ben, thank you and good night. And C, Allison, thank you and good night. Ahab's wife, thank you and good night. Uh, iTunes reviews, I want to thank uh, Rock0099. Strangely effective, best way I can describe it. Mimits the way your brain behaves when you're beginning to doze off. Didn't think it would work for Rock. I don't know, if, I don't think that's Dwayne the Rock, but still pretty good, Rock0099. It's a gift for anxious, restless people, you got it. And then we have Mount Molly who listens every night. A few months ago, Molly started listening. 15 minutes. Super helpful if you get too distracted by changing tempos or reflections of TV and radio. Nice, uh, soothing, even voice to drown out the rest of your brain and send you off to sleep. And Molly's recommending it to all Molly's friends. Thank you. Uh, Font 1, me too. For some reason, this works. Thank you, Funt. Are you really? Are you one of the children of Alan Funt? Uh, convinced. I guess it'd be grandchildren at this point, or great grandchildren. Convinced if I ever meet Scooter and person, I'll fall down and instantly sleep with some Pavlovian response. It's possible. 
I'll have to travel with my own padded equipment. My mind just wraps around, shuts down. They shut the, the podcast shuts down the racing mind. The next thing they know, they've slept. Thank you, my fun. Uh, GRDA11 says best stress reliever ever. The talent of pulling the mind away from daily stress and leading you to sleep. I uh, thank you, GRDA11. Uh, then me, now me, from Canada. Works for me. Don't usually hear the episode. Could be addictive, though. Sleep with me. Thanks. Thanks, then me.